0: Welcome to Theology Matters. This is Dr. John Clark, and today we want to continue our study on biblical distinctions, specifically on the topic of the three tenses of salvation. And if you recall, we've been talking about how the word salvation, as used in the Bible, always means the same thing, but it's applied differently based on the context. And so the definition of the word salvation means to save, to deliver, to make whole, to preserve safe from danger, loss, destruction, or to rescue from danger. And uh, we have pointed out that it's found in its various forms over 600 times in the Bible. And so the key is in every context when one sees salvation or being saved is to ask the observation question, being saved from what? What am I saved from? What is what is this passage talking about? Salvation from What? And uh, we looked in Matthew eight twenty five and fourteen thirty that the word was used uh, to describe being saved physically from physical danger. It was not talking about salvation from hell. It was talking about uh, salvation from drowning in the in the Sea of Galilee. And in both of those times, uh, the disciples were looking to Jesus to save them from physical harm or physical drowning in the Sea of Galilee. But it can also refer to being saved spiritually from spiritual consequences. And that's really the context with which we want to look at it. Um, But we also want to understand that that this word does not always mean salvation from hell, Um, that at other times it's talking about deliverance or rescue from some other aspect of sin. And so we want to continue to look at that uh, in this session. Remember again that spiritual salvation... Uh, according to the scriptures, is referred to as a free gift, uh, which is given to us on the basis of God's grace, and it's based solely on the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so this is very important to understand because uh, anytime salvation is viewed as as something that must be earned, paid for, kept, or or performance-driven based on our own works or or manner of living— Uh, then we've we've basically taken the salvation of the Bible off the table, out of the discussion, because the salvation that God provides is a gift. The payment has been made in full, and that's why He's able to offer salvation as a free gift to anyone who will simply believe in His Son or trust in His solution for all the problems that sin brings. And so if you put your faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work alone, his death on the cross and resurrection for you, then you can actually say the following, I have been saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. There's a past, present, and future aspect to our one salvation. And so last time we looked at that Past aspect. And just as a quick review, uh, again, we always start each time we look at the word salvation, we always start with the question, saved from what? Well, in the first tense that we looked at, this past tense aspect, this is when an unbeliever is saved from the penalty of sin in hell. Remember, the wages of sin or the consequences or penalty of sin is death. And that describes not only why we all die physically, but it also describes our eternal separation from God in a place of judgment known as the lake of fire. But we have been saved from that penalty because of the finished work of Christ, because Jesus Christ, when he died for your sins, he died for all of your sins, past, present, and future— and thus the penalty that was incurred through your sins, your substitute, has paid for in full, and thus you will never have to face that penalty. This is why in John 3:16, one of the promises to the person who simply believes in Jesus Christ is that they will not perish. He's talking about the salvation from that penalty. You'll never have to face that death penalty. And We looked at multiple verses which describe this salvation as a point-in-time event. uh, Point-in-time meaning that at the moment you trusted in Christ, you received this salvation, this deliverance from sin's penalty. And um, the condition, again, was by God's grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. It's not just faith alone. It's faith alone in the right object, which is Christ, His death, and resurrection. And so that's deliverance from the penalty of sin. That is why people can can walk around. This is why First John 5.13 says that you can know that you have eternal life. It's because it's talking about this aspect of our salvation, because the penalty has been paid in full by our substitute. And so we have been saved from that penalty, never to ever face it in the future. And so that's the past tense aspect. The second tense of our one salvation is a present tense aspect. And this is where many people get confused because of the scriptures that we're going to read, it talks about we're being saved right now. And you and you think, well, wait a minute, if I've already been saved, then why am I being saved? And many people think, well, then I haven't already been saved. I've got to continue to do something to be saved. Saved in the present. And that's not what the scriptures teach at all. In fact, it's just emphasizing a different aspect of salvation. So, just like we did with the past tense, we're going to ask the same question with the present tense aspect of salvation. What are we saved from? Well, in the past tense, we were saved from the penalty of sin, death in hell for eternity. In the present tense, today, as we walk as believers on this earth, we are being saved from the power of sin. In our daily life, the, the influence and control of the sin nature in our daily life, God has an answer to deliver you, to save you, to rescue you from that danger on a moment by moment basis. And so let's look at a couple of scriptures that reflect this aspect of our one salvation. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, which says this, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You notice that Paul uses a present uh, tense participle there. Those who are being saved. He's talking about those who have been saved from the penalty of sin, but, but now he describes the believer in a present tense aspect. What are they being saved from today or in this day-to-day living? Well, they're being saved from the power of sin. And so it's very important to understand that the message of the cross is also key uh, in delivering a believer, someone who's already been saved from the penalty of sin, to deliver them daily from the power of sin in their life. Turn with me to 1 Timothy 4.16. 1 Timothy 4.16 says this, Take heed to yourself, Paul writing to Timothy, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. And so it sounds like, wow, in order to be saved... And this is how many people would would inaccurately interpret this verse. In order to be saved from hell, you have to have to actually listen to Timothy, teach the Bible, you have to take heed to what he teaches and if you do that, if you if you consistently do that, then you can be saved from hell. And that is not the accurate translation of that verse. What is he talking about here? What what aspect of salvation do you and I need to continually rely upon in our daily life? Well, that's the second tense aspect. It's salvation from the power of sin. And it is very important to be sound doctrinally and to trust and rely upon the Word of God and the Spirit of God in our daily life to be saved in this aspect. Saved, again, from the power of sin, not the penalty of sin. Go with me forward to James chapter 1, verse 21 where it says therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. And so again James 1, 21, he's not talking about saving our souls from the penalty of sin. We've already been saved from that. He's talking specifically as we walk on this earth, as we lay aside filthiness and wickedness, and we receive the word of God and begin to trust and rely upon it in our daily life, that that will have an impact of saving us from the power of sin in our daily life. Flip back now to Philippians chapter two. I mentioned this in the introduction, but Philippians two verses 12 through 13 says, therefore, my beloved, Brethren, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now, a couple of things to notice about this passage. Many people will say, oh, this teaches you've got to go on believing or you've got to go on living a certain way in order to be saved from the penalty of sin. That's not what that's teaching here at all. In fact, notice in verse 12, he addresses whoever he's talking to here. He addresses them as beloved. He, he's addressing them as believers. Notice he doesn't say that you have to work for your salvation with fear and trembling. He says he's you've got to work it out. You can only work out something that has been placed in. And then notice in verse 13, it's God who works in Uh, Paul's audience, both to will and to do for his good pleasure, not for salvation from hell. That's not why they're working it out. And so this is talking about the Christian life. Paul is writing to believers in Philippi and he's encouraging them to continue to live out what they believe in practical ways. And then knowing that God is going to empower them to do so. This is salvation from the power of sin in their daily life living a life that's pleasing to God. Go back to James chapter five in verse 20. It says, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. And so is is your eternal salvation from hell based on somebody else in your life turning you back from a sinful course or pattern? That's that's what many people would have to conclude from this verse if salvation always means deliverance from hell. No, this is talking uh, again. Look at the look at how it's addressed in verse 19, brethren, if anyone among you like of your group wanders from the truth and someone turns him back. He's talking about believers who wander off after the flesh. And he's talking about salvation here, not from the penalty of sin, but from the power of sin in their daily life. That The sin nature had been dominating them, leading them into behavioral sin patterns. And this person, this believer who's walking by means of the Spirit, pulls this person back, encourages them to stop presenting their members to sin, but start presenting their members to the Lord. And so when we look at the theological description of this present tense salvation from the power of sin, it's the, it's the big word sanctification. It means that not only have we been set apart in Christ the moment we believed, but we are now walking in light of that new position. We are remaining in our minds in the fact that we're presenting our members to God as someone who's set apart to God, that our life and how we live uh, is is really taking into account how the Lord has designed us and, and desires us to live. Now, the time factor involved, whereas salvation from the, the penalty of sin, this past tense aspect we talked about was a point in time moment in faith, the time factor involved in our second tense salvation is a process of time. It's moment by moment uh, responses of faith while we walk by means of, of the Spirit. And the condition is the same as the past tense. It is by God's grace through daily dependence or daily faith upon the Lord via the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God wants to deliver us or rescue us from sin's power as we respond by faith moment by moment, counting ourselves dead to sin and alive unto God, and then presenting the members of our bodies to the Lord as those alive from the dead. And we are doing all of that by faith, moment by moment, day by day. And this, when we do this, we will experience salvation from the power sin. It will have no influence on us. And the Spirit of God will influence and control and produce the fruit of the Spirit and also allow us to execute acceptable good works unto the Lord.